When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is my, is your co-host, not just mine, he's yours, Andy Hart. Hey, Art, it's good to be here back in the bunker, seeing your face. Thank you, Andy. Hey, we're pretty sing-songy today, aren't we, Andy? Jeez, we're feeling musical. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's because we're discussing three more musical conspiracies. Ooh, you know them, you love them, you want to hear about them. Uh, one of these musical conspiracies, Andy, was sent in by a listener-suggested... Yes. ...listener-suggested topic, Oriana on Twitter. Oriana from Twitter. From Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Hey, this get over the, there on Twitter. The clone site of Twitter. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Oriana, for the suggestion. We are discussing one. One. Avril Lavigne Avril is dead. Lavigne is dead. Replaced by a body double. Yeah. Two. Number two. To counting down all the conspiracies in today's episode. Number two. I'm Case C. Kasem. Casey Case Case Keenum. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm quarterback. I'm Queso Kasem. <laughs> Number two on the charts. Number two on the charts. We're talking. You say it. Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind. That's right. And number three, we're talking. Uh, I forgot what number three is. Andy Post Malone That's is right. cursed. <laughs> you can tell somebody did their research today. Wow. Yeah. Post Malone is cursed. Yeah. That's a fun. We got some paranormal stuff. We've got, uh, you know, just general just conspiracy stuff. Generally faking a disability. <laughs> uh, if you out there are a friggin' music nut, an are audiophile, you, are you, uh, are you a friggin' Sound freak? <laughs> yeah. You, you know the ones they wear cool jackets, beanies, headphones all the time. Over the ear headphones. Oh, yeah. They got big cans. Nothing in here. Yeah. Big old cans. Huge cans in your face all and the time. You just can't wait to get to all that hot 
Music research conspiracy action. Andy? That hot swinging music conspiracy. You know what you should do, listeners? Uh, Treat this like your favorite record that you put on the record player and lift the arm of your podcasting app and drop the needle right to the specified spot in the show notes. (gasps) It's timestamp. Find the timestamp in the the show notes. We'll drop the analogy. Just look for the timestamp in the show notes and you can skip the the beginning of this and you can go right to the conspiracies. Go right to the research. But first, Andy and I every week are captured by the illusionary mastermind, Mr. Bunker, in a new, weird, and gimmicky, shoehorned way. <laughs> For the uh, less than 50% of you that enjoy this segment, buckle up, because here it comes. Um, Andy, you know, I got a, I got a, I got an interesting one today. Do you? Yeah, I, I had a wild weekend, Whoa, Andy. What, you, you went know? to Cancun? Or no, I did not go to Cancun. Las Vegas? Listen, I retired number one in the wet t-shirt contest for <laughs> hot young boys and uh, who are of age. Uh, uh, listeners, of age. I retired number one, and I retired champ. I took that belt home with me. <laughs> they, had to, they had to make a new belt. They had to make a new belt. <laughs> that belonged to the resort. Yeah. I retired number one in Cancun, uh, the uh, Holiday Inn Express Cancun. Number one wet t-shirt contest winner of spring break. I've never been in a wet t- I've never been in a wet t-shirt contest, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last <laughs> night. Uh, no, Andy. I, I um, Andy, we're both people who enjoy cooking. Yeah, you know, I don't think that either of us are at the level of a professional chef, even close. I mean, uh, no. I don't have very good knife skills. I'm very slow. I try and do things properly, but I'm very slow. I mean, I don't sure. know about you. Yeah, I'm slow-witted. <laughs> You're just slow in general. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I'm not a professional chef at all. I think, you know, we watch a lot of uh, Great British b- b- Bake Off, uh-huh. Break Off. Uh, okay. we, we watch a lot of, you know, Gordon Ramsay YouTube shows where he's sure. cooking up real fast. And the camera's cutting all around all crazy. But Andy, this weekend I had an opportunity, what I thought was a cooking competition. And I thought it was I was cooking for Gordon Ramsay. I'm not the joking, Andy. Gordon Ramsay? The Gordon Ramsay. The is fucking raw. Gordon Ramsay. The Donkey Sandwich. Gordon Ramsay. The Michelin Star Restauranteur, which probably should have came first. Gordon Ramsay. The Media Empire. Gordon Ramsay. The Flabby but still buff pancake titties. Have you ever seen him without his shirt? Gordon Ramsay. Uh, for anybody that for anybody that watched the UK version of Kitchen Nightmares, there was a part of literally every episode of UK Kitchen Nightmares where Rams like the episode sets up. Ramsay goes to the restaurant that's being helped. I'm flapping my arms Andy like is a stupid bird. His hands like just a dumb at the bird. wrist. <laughs> <laughs> but the elbows are out. Uh, uh, he goes to the restaurant that needs help. He's he meets he he's in the restaurant. He's meeting with people. Then he wants to watch a service, and so he changes into his chef's coat. And they always show him in some room <laughs> taking his shirt off and putting on his chef's coat. He's got a nice bod for a fifty-year-old guy. You know what's funny to me? He and his wife just had a baby. Listen. Andy, you gotta be, you gotta be a little jealous. Not only of that bod, but that you know, potency. That potency of his yeah, sperm. Yeah, 
He's got so many children. Antana, good, good for you. Good for you guys. Hey, congrats. Glad, glad you're making it work. What do you think about Gordon Ramsay judging porn? <laughs> it's fucking raw. <laughs> you call that a cream pie? Fuck, he's fucking a raw. Oh, you donkey punch sandwich. <laughs> Gordon? Huh? Huh? You want to get into porn? <laughs> We've got to. He's fucking a raw. I think that it would be fun. You know, Gordon Ramsay's social media, you can send him a picture of what you've cooked and he'll just shit on it. Really? On social media? Oh, you've wow. never heard about this? I've never heard about this. Yeah, you send him a picture of, of what you've made and he'll tell you why it's horrible. If you send him a picture of a piece of shit, will he say it looks fucking great? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Flip the script on this. <laughs> it would be nice, though, if... Uh, Porndon Ramsey, <laughs> which is the name I'm calling him now. Of course. Um, you could submit uh, still images or video clips from your homemade pornography. Your amateur. And, and he would criticize it. That'd be great. Hey, let's get at that. Porndon Ramsey. Porndon Ramsey. Yeah. Even his last name, Ramsey. Rams. The yeah. Rammer. Yeah. Rammer Ramsey. He's <laughs> got a great bud. Um, anyway. I'd like to get some of those upkilt pics of Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> uh, anyway, Andy, I thought I would be cooking for Gordon Ramsay. Wow! And I thought I would prepare one I'm of my guess favorite why you dishes. Said that it means that you weren't. Well, Andy, don't put the cart before the let's, horse. Okay, here. let's not kill Hamlet in the first act. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I thought I would prepare one of my favorite dishes, Andy. This yeah. is chicken, chicken and milk. Yeah, you do love chicken and milk. Chicken and milk is a great recipe. It's a Jamie Oliver recipe, which I stole. Ooh, <laughs> fucking A. Pitting Jamie Oliver against Gordon Ramsay. I know. Ooh. And what a great twist that would be when Gordon says, oh, this is fucking great. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fucking delicious. Fucking delicious. Now, this has some real flavor. Finally, some good fucking food. <laughs> That's what he'd say after he's eating a girl out. <laughs> he'd come up and be like, finally. Some good fucking poon. <laughs> Some good fucking puss. Uh, anyway, I, I well, actually, the U.S. version of Gordon Ramsay, very different from the U.K. version of Gordon Ramsay. Very much so. The U.K. version of Gordon Ramsay is always, like, very nice and helpful and, like, a sweet guy, which he is in real life. Mm-hmm. But then the U.S. version, we love the asshole version of him. Right. So he'd probably do, like, a, this is... The best. And then I'd wait and I'd get all excited. Example of a piece of shit dish I've ever tasted. <laughs> this is what he would say about your chicken milk yeah, and chicken? Probably, chicken milk? Probably. No, no, the chicken and milk is a Jamie Oliver recipe. Google it. It's incredible. The milk breaks down the proteins in the chicken, so it gets super fucking tender. You've got different lemony, curdly spices going on in there. Bay leaf, cinnamon, lemon, garlic. There's like six cloves of garlic in this thing. It's delicious. I've made it once, and it was really good. Uh, so this is your signature dish. My signature dish. I only needed to make it once. That's how good it was. Anyway, and he stopped eating after that. That's right. I Listeners. haven't eaten since. I'm a breatharian now. Yeah. Shout out. I thought I was going to make this dish, so I brought all those ingredients together. I got a mm-hmm. great organic, delicious chicken. I got some mm-hmm. uh, delicious fresh spices that I freshly toasted myself, and the milk and the the lemon and the garlic and all this Did stuff. you milk the cow yourself? I milked the cow myself. I went to the farm, the dairy farm, and I milked the shit out of the cow with my mouth. And um, you, you should have milked, supposed to get the- You should have milked the milk out of the cow. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> I ate that cow out. 
<laughs> Finally, some good fucking food. <laughs> I'll tell you, I could get a good look at a T-bone by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take my butcher's word for it. <laughs> for all you Tommy Boy fans out there. Tommy Boy. That one's going to hurt. <laughs> That's going to leave a mark. I forget what he says. <laughs> anyway, I, I was gone already, and so I show up, and you know... Um, that that cooking show, what's it called? The the one that Gore, Hell's Kitchen, Hell's Kitchen, the one the cooking competition show that he's on. Yeah, the the in the beginning the or contestants, Chef. maybe it was Master Chef. The contestants all show up to a big like empty warehouse, and then like the three judges are just sitting in oh, the back this is of the warehouse. Master Chef, Master Chef, and then they like this wheel is in. The, this is the much this is the much more UK version of Gordon right. Ramsay on Master Chef, right? Uh, the, the contestants wheel in their their dish, and then they right. have to like they prepare the end half of it. Wait, did you go to? Was this like a qualifying thing for Master Chef? And the thing was, there wasn't any other competition. You were the only one who signed up. I was the only one. That, I didn't even sign mm-hmm. up. I mean, I just thought you know there was going to be. I got. I, I I entered a casting call, like a cattle call. I thought I was going to show up thousands of people. Mm-hmm. No, it's just me. And so I'm. There's just a little kitchen, kitchenette, you know, a little station. Mm-hmm. So I start preparing my chicken and milk. And about Were there any cameras? No. And I thought, you know what? It's the beginning preliminary round. <laughs> you can always tell who they're going to send home because they spend Actually, sometimes MasterChef does a 180 on you cuz they'll spend a lot of time on one contestant telling you about their backstory, and then those motherfuckers will ax them. Mm. They'll do that. Mm. So I thought, you know, but anyway, mm. so then I, I'm wheeling in my food. Yeah. Did you have to provide your own cart? Um, no, the the cart <clears throat> and the station were there. And so there were some person. There was some, but it was just an empty warehouse. Okay. Andy, I did not cook for Gordon Ramsay. I was cooking for Gordon Bunksy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. This was, I wheel it in and there's Bunker. <laughs> Gordon Sitting Bunksy. alone on a throne of chicken bones. Which was like, what did you need to do that that's, for, Bunker? That's not that's not analogous to anything that Gordon Ramsay does. I know, it has nothing, I don't know, Hell's Kitchen, I guess. You this know, is, that's kind of like... It's very like Game of thrones Very Game of Thronesian. Like, entertain me. I feed you shit food, now feed me. And so I wheel it in and I go, Bunker, really? You made me prepare the whole fucking dish? And he said, I'm hungry. After you finished? Uh, well, yeah. And so he tried a little bit of my chicken and milk. And he said, This is pretty good. But it's fucking raw. And I fell through a trapdoor. <laughs> and I ended up here. <laughs> Wait, you went through. I guess it was raw. Did you? <laughs> I don't think it was raw. Did you fall through? Was the warehouse above the bunker? I don't know, Andy. I don't know how the I don't know how things work. I fell through a trapdoor in the floor. Fell through a wormhole. <laughs> Could have been a wormhole. I don't know Damn. what powers this guy has. Wow. Yeah. Scary. Gordon Bunksy. Gordon Bunksy. Looks like I'm the donkey sandwich tonight, huh? Yeah, yeah. You're the freaking idiot sandwich. Yeah. I'm anyway. sorry <clears throat> that you had to make chicken and milk for an ungrateful Gordon Bunksy. Yeah, I know. I, I you know, I have a feeling that he ate the whole fucking thing. They probably did. He probably was just saying, oh, he's fucking raw. Just just for shits and giggles. He's taking food out of my mouth plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of. Oh, no. Would you like to hear how I got here this week, Art? Andy, lay it on me. How'd you get here this week? Well, it must be something in the air. 
something in the zeitgeist for Gordon Bunksy. I can feel it calling in the air tonight. <laughs> yeah. Phil Bunkins. Um, because uh, I was captured uh, this week at a fruit orchard. Ah, uh, fruit so, orgy. No, orchard. Oh, my Orchard, bad. like where Different they grow thing. fruit. Different the trees thing. and stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. So <clears throat> I decide, um, you know, the, 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 let, me, let me talk about the impetus for my trip. Okay. I decided I wanted to get some fresh fruit. Right. But our, you know me. Again, we both enjoy cooking. I want it really fresh. Okay. I want the fruit really fresh. Picked, straight. Picked straight. Straight from the orchard. Yeah. Straight from the tree. That's right. So I left my family behind. And headed to the fruit orchard alone. Andy, as you do so often, you leave your family behind on these fun trips that they would totally enjoy. Oh, they love the fruit orchard. Uh, <laughs> these would make uh, great memories for your child and wife, but you're just saying, no, I, daddy needs his fresh fruit. Hey, look, I everyone needs some alone time. You know, parents aren't immune to this. The, the trope is Husbands, that- Husbands, parents. The trope is the abandoned father goes out for cigarettes, but in your case, it's you're going out for fresh fruit. Literally anything. <laughs> But I come back That's eventually. Right. You do. Um, so I decide I'm going to go to uh, a great uh, fruit orchard, Fruity Toot Toots in your Yummy Tum Tums. Oh, wow. Um, which is an orchard near Boners Lake, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, I am. I get to the orchard. I'm having a lovely time, okay? There's a cool breeze. The fruit is beautiful. Okay. Peaches and apples galore. Peaches? Yeah. This far north. Uh, okay. Believe it. Uh, I'm picking some apples, red roams. That's an Ohio breed art in Wisconsin. Uh, they grow, but it's you know it's it was originated in Ohio, Rome okay. Township, Ohio. You're not seeing any <clears throat> red flags immediately, Andy. No, these I've okay. been to fruit orchards before. They have red roams. Okay, it's a apple. How are you picking these apple? Pro- are you on a ladder? No, no. You just the trees aren't that tall. Uh, are they? Yeah, you get the ones that are lower. On You're the picking ranges. the low hanging fruit. Yeah, I have to. Okay, I'm not a giant. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Well, I was saying it more as just that's what you go for. So the low hanging um, fruit. You know, obviously, it's a fruit orchard. It's a it's a it's a working orchard. So they have to, they so do. It's a working class orchard. So right. You had to sneak in Luke, a yeah. white collar guy like you. Yeah, yeah. Part of the bourgeoisie, I had to sneak in. Um, but um, they they have you know these tractors uh, right. to harvest the fruit, and so I'm standing there. I'm picking some of the the ones on the lower branches. Mm. I hear a tractor coming down the row of the the fruit tree. So I step aside next to the tree to allow the tractor to pass by. Sure. Um, But I notice that the tractor is driven by Bunker. I can see Bunker in the cab of the tractor. So you already know. Like I know something bad is about to happen. So I start to panic. I've got a whole sack of fruit picked, Art. I got a whole sack of fruit. You got. You I need to fruit. eat this fruit. You got to eat that fruit, baby. So I start running down the row of trees. Okay. Admittedly, I'm not the fastest sprinter, and the tractor just keeps gaining on me. I mean, it's a machine, and I'm just a man. You have good acceleration. <laughs> Do I? Maybe. Uh, thank you. You're like the Bowser. Of, like yeah. stats-wise? Yeah. Slow, but good acceleration and yeah. heavy. I have decent power. <laughs> That's right. Um, so horsepower. You're a horse. The dragon. Yeah. Hey, I shit like a horse. Oh. Uh, I cut through between the rows uh, of apple trees, hoping to lose Bunker, but he just plows through the trees with his tractor. Like he just drives through them. Uh, desperate, I climb into an apple tree, and I'm hoping to disguise myself like some sort of like I'm wearing a red shirt, like I'm at a giant freak apple in the tree. 
you know, like I just ball up. Like I think, oh, maybe the leaves will camouflage me. Okay. I think it's just a really fat apple in you the tree. You just think it's a giant apple that no one would want to pick and be right. like, guess the weight of this apple. And then they win like free apples for life or something. It, <laughs> yeah like you yeah. know how or- orchards and farms do that <laughs> yeah they like a-, a humongous pumpkin yeah but an apple inside of a tree okay Andy. so i shimmy up the tree and i'm there balled up okay uh hiding like a giant apple uh and so bunker he sees me i, I mean like obviously it didn't work so he pulls the tractor up to the tree so it's one of these it's one of these apple picking tractors so he uses uh uh, the arm of the tractor to grip the tree. Then he's got that big net that comes out around, you know, that goes around the tree. Oh, so yeah. That it yeah shakes and they, the tree and, and shake the shit out of the mm-hmm, tree. That's right. And then everything falls into the net. Uh, so that big net comes out underneath me. The tree starts shaking and I can't hold on. I get swallowed up by the net. Uh, Bunker drives. Jesus Christ. So I'm in the net now. I'm on the tractor. Bunker drives the tractor into a big barn and dumps me out into an industrial machine designed to clean apples for processing. So I get like shaken violently, you know, to like where loose debris will You're fall off like the apples. You're getting like whiplash. Yeah, it's very dangerous on these Jeez. machines. Uh, and then I get sprayed with water and then dumped into a big bin of apples. Uh, I fall to the bottom of the bin. Like I sink to the bottom of the okay, bin. Okay, okay. And, and on, that seems a little odd. And on, well, it's one of these. It's like suspended, and the apples shoot out the bottom onto a conveyor belt. Okay. So I fall to the bottom of the bin, and then I fall onto a conveyor belt with other apples. Oh, good god! Uh, and I can see we're clearly headed for a slicing machine. Oh no! Uh, luckily, though, here's some good luck. I don't fit into the machine. <laughs> So I get knocked off of the conveyor belt into a reject bin. Jeez, well, that makes sense. So here I am in this reject bin, dazed and wet, and <laughs> Bunker dumps- The sequel to Dazed and Confused. <laughs> yeah, it was the better, the better movie, yeah. actually. Uh, so I Bunker dumps me into a bin of, uh, of sliced apples, like all the apples that did get sliced. Uh, then he, but you were in the reject bin. I was in the reject bin, but he dumps me out into the sliced apple Jesus bin. Jesus Christ. So then uh, Bunker lovingly seasons us uh, with sugar and cinnamon. <laughs> okay. At this point, I know what's about to happen. You're right? delicious. And I'm soon proven right as Bunker bakes us all into a giant pie. Oh the my God, you're a pie. Once the crust is golden brown <laughs> and the filling is scalding lava hot. <laughs> Good God. Mr. Bunker loads the pie into a van. This van has one giant window in the side and (laughs) one giant windowsill. The pie he puts on the windowsill and the pie cools on the windowsill while the van travels to the bunker. He drives here. The aroma of the pie, though, attracts a gaggle of floating hobos (laughs) borne aloft by the pie's tantalizing scent. Oh, my God. The hobos follow the van all the way to the bunker. When we arrive, the hobos eat me out of the pie. <laughs> good God. Um, so that's how I got here. Finally some, finally some good fucking food. The hobos loved that pie. <laughs> Can you imagine if, if that pie was given a Ramsey? What would he have to say? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> It's too dense. It's not funny. I know what they would say on uh, Great British Baking Show. Yeah. Soggy bottom. <laughs> Paul Hollywood would look Paul. at you. He'd say, I wouldn't get the Paul Hollywood handshake. No, you would not. And That's you'd for sure. Piss off Mary Berry and Prue for sure. Wow, Andy. What a fucking adventure you Jesus. went on. Jesus. I, 
I tell you, Art, I'm, uh, I don't need another one like that. No. That was a little too much excitement. Now we've both been baked into something. How does it feel to be baked alive? Uh, it doesn't feel good, Art. No, it doesn't. I mean, at least I wasn't dropped into scalding hot frying oil yeah. like you were. But you were baked alive. Yeah, I was Which is, alive. I mean, I imagine that kind of felt like a hot shower. <laughs> yeah, it or did. a sauna. Yeah, in that... <laughs> yeah, when the apples initially start sweating, it feels fine. And then as all the pectin comes out and it turns into this gelatinous goo, it feels less good. <laughs> but it is sweet. Yeah. You got I mean, I would have liked to taste some of your golden crust. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how good the crust was. The you hobos. didn't get a little taste? The hobos ate it. Oh, fucking hobos. I got apple pie filling in my fork. Damn skin. cartoon hobos with their red bindles and their shoe with a hole cut out and their toe sticking one, out one, one toe sticking through toe a hole yeah that they can bend like a uh, index finger yeah <laughs> yeah they all have those peripheral toes on their feet listeners what an adventure <clears throat> and a trek that andy have, and i have been on just to get to the bunker this week listeners the fact that we then did this research yeah just shows how much we love you that's true and uh, listen we love you so much we're not going to take up any more of your time with our silly little stories <laughs> Our tall tales, oh, our our misconceptions about how the world works. <laughs> no, it's all factual and it's all real. You can check it. Yeah, uh, Andy, let's get right to it. Let's let's start singing, listeners. You're in for some treats because Andy and I are going to sing to you <laughs> the entire the entire research portion. Let's get in on it. We're discussing Avril Lavigne, Stevie Wonder, and Post Malone here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. In five, four. Three, two, go and make things so complicated um well art that's it's kind of a loaded question i see I, the way you're acting like you're somebody else and it gets me frustrated uh well i uh, i mean andy it's so very superstitious it's the writings on the wall art quit it you're making no sense. Hey, Andy, I've been fucking hosing, popping pills, man. I feel just like a rock star. Art, stop it. Stop it. You're scaring me. Andy, it's okay. I'm just singing some lyrics from the various artists we're covering on today's show. Oh, oh, thank God. Art, you weren't making any sense. I was so scared. I know, Andy. I thought you were possessed by non sequitur, the evil demon who makes you make no sense. That makes sense. I almost wet my diapy. Oh. It's all right, Andy. Here, take your little peepaw and your blankie and everything will be okay. It's your little baby now. <laughs> Listeners, as you can guess from the fresh lyrics I was reciting earlier, we're covering three more music-based conspiracies on the show today. Could you guess them all? I'll wait. For your response in the mail. We got Avril La living no longer. We got Stevie wonder if he's blind. And finally, we got Paranormal Post Malone. Let's jump right in. Andy, are you familiar with the music of Avril Lavigne? Uh, Art, I am familiar with the music of Avril Lavigne. I'm surprised. Uh, why? I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what. I am familiar with it in the sense that 
Um, I was, uh, like you, uh, coming of age at the time when Avril Lavigne was popular, breaking onto the scene. Uh, so the Ooh. Avril, hmm? Wouldn't you have been in like high school? Uh. Late high school? Can I not be coming of age then? I guess not. Okay, I well. I thought you were a fully formed adult at the age of 17. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I'm still not a fully formed adult. Uh, I'm a very slow developer. <laughs> So the uh, the Avril Lavigne album "Let Go," right? Her first album. The first album was uh, probably the one. You know, I think um, we're obviously going to talk about it today. Everybody knows "Complicated." That was burning up the radio. Oh yeah, and that so speaks to your uh, angsty teenage ways. Doesn't oh, it not? I mean, it hits it right, right smack right dab in the middle. The angst, you know. Everything's so complicated. Why can't people just be themselves? And the way you do it just makes me so frustrated. I mean, it says it right there. Uh, But how about this? Also, uh, I'm familiar with Skater Boy. It doesn't speak to me as much. You know what? (laughs) I Whoa, okay. Excuse me. I was not a skater. I don't think that I was Avril Lavigne's target demographic, if I'm being honest. No, you were not a Uh, a scene kid either. Do you remember the song, I'm With You? I'm standing on the bridge. I'm waiting in the grass. I thought that you'd be here by now. Maybe. Uh, but nothing's going right, and everything's a mess, and no one likes to be alone. Isn't anyone trying to find me? Won't somebody please take me home? <laughs> It's a damn cold night. Is this Richard Cheese in the house? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Jeez. Okay. That song also got me. Wow. You know? Okay. Very nice, Andy. That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, her music was very influential to my childhood as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Skater Boy and Complicated being blasted on the radio nonstop. Of in course. fact, Andy, in the fifth grade... Little story for you. I was lucky enough to be invited to a birthday party at one of the more popular girls' house. Wow, Art. I know, Andy. I stepped up. I distinctly remember sitting amongst the cool kids. Wow. Like a couple of skater boys while a lot of the other popular girls were singing along, doing a little karaoke to complicated while us cool skater boys just stood or sat together on the lawn chairs with our arms folded. Yeah. Being cool. You were pretty unpopular in fifth grade, weren't you? I was like middle of the road. There we go. And then sixth grade still gaining. And then seventh grade took a deep nosedive into Loserville. Nice. But then eventually eighth grade back up again on top to number one. I topped the charts in eighth grade. Jeez. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Boy, Andy, I tell you, though, life was good back then. Right. I had really made it. I was one of the cool kids. I peaked. I peaked at age 11. It's all been downhill since then. I believe that. (laughs) Speaking of peaks, Avril's conspiracy is that shortly after her peak of fame from that first album, Let Go, she died and was replaced by a body double named Melissa. Shortly after the release of her seminal album, Let Go, which I just mentioned. There it is. (laughs) Now, Art, most of the so-called evidence uh, from this theory comes from a Brazilian fan site. Mm. A little backstory for those not in the know. Avril Lavigne entered and won a singing contest in 1999 and got to perform with none other than Shania Twain in front of 20,000 people. 
She, As, was a, she was a small town Canadian girl. Small town Canadian. Fantastic singer. Yeah. I mean, really had a lot of vocal talent. But but got hooked up with the Canadian superstar, Shania Twain. That's right. A country superstar, Shania Twain. Whatever happened to Shania Twain? I miss Shania Twain. Come back, Shania. We love ya. Anyway, uh, so Avril Lavigne, 1999, gets to perform with Shania Twain in front of 20,000 people. Her success continues from there in 2001 after a 15-minute audition she signed a multi-million dollar contract with music mogul la reed at the age of only 17 now avril lavigne's debut album let go skyrocketed to number one in multiple countries by 2018 it would go seven-time platinum needless to say lavigne and her skater punk look were a hit with teens and tweens everywhere including me yeah but being famous can be tough especially an overnight success like Levine. So she hired a lookalike named Melissa Vandal, Melissa Vandal, to help uh, confuse paparazzi and overbearing fans. I get that. Yeah, I mean, people are always clamoring to talk to us all the time. It's yeah. like, geez. <laughs> yeah, the police are always knocking on my door like, do you know what happened to this cat? Uh, <laughs> something else. <laughs> Following up a huge world-defining first album is no easy task either, Andy. Yeah. Shortly after writing and recording sessions for her sophomore album, Under My Skin, began, Levine's grandfather passed away. So during the time of turmoil, the pressures of fame and fortune, a death in the family, Levine entered a depression which resulted in her suicide. But the record label couldn't let that go, right? Mm-hmm. They had a superstar on their hands. So they buried it from the world and simply replaced Levine with her body double, Melissa. At least, that's what this theory proposes. The theory cites evidence from various lyrics on the second album, Under My Skin, such as these lyrics from the song, Slipped Away. Um, let's see if I can sing it, Art. Okay. The day you slipped away. I'm not getting the tune right. Okay. Let's just say it. (laughs) The day you slipped away was the day I found it won't be the same. Also this. It wasn't fake. It happened. You passed by. Interesting. Other evidence includes a side-by-side photo comparison of Levine from the time around her first album and Levine later. In particular... Theorists point out how the shape of Levine's nose has changed, as well as various blemishes and skin marks on her arms differ from then versus now. They also point out that Levine's personal style has changed, and her singing voice has also changed slightly over the years. It should be noted that the alleged creator of the site and the one who started this rumor has posted that the entire thing was fabricated. Now, Levine herself has has commented on the theory, too. When uh, When asked about it, she said... Yeah, some people think I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Like, why would they even think that? Now, Levine has never flat out denied the theory. So, dear listeners, why do you have to go and make things so complicated? Hmm. Art, let's clear the table here and get ready for our second course of enchiladas for the listeners, shall we? Art, they can feel it all over. Oh. They can feel it all over art. They're feeling me. They can feel it all over. They can feel it all over art. Likewise, art, Stevie Wonder, the generational musician, has to feel things all over to read them because he's blind. Braille. (laughs) But art, 
could, could it be that one of the most talented musicians of the modern era has been faking his lack of eyesight all this time? Some folks seem to think so, Andy. A little background here. Stevie Wonder was born six weeks premature in 1950, and this caused some complications in his eyesight development, rendering him blind since birth. Essentially, if Stevie Wonder has been blind since birth, some conspiracy theorists ask, how is he able to know what colors and other things look like? Another piece of quote-unquote evidence comes from English singer-songwriter Boy George. For those not aware, uh, Boy is most famous for his song Karma Chameleon, although uh, a few of his other ones, you know, people might argue, but I think Karma Chameleon is number one. Okay. Boy George claims that Stevie isn't completely blind because he walked over to him at a crowded party and playfully choked him. Now, how could Stevie know where Boy George was if he was totally blind? <laughs> that's fun. Just like when you choke me, Art. Because that's what friends do, you said. Uh, <laughs> Shh, Andy, that's our uh, secret friends-only handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I black out. Anyway... Another famous moment for Stevie Sight Truthers is when he and Paul McCartney were performing at the White House East Room. McCartney, who is no stranger to conspiracies involving his own state of aliveness. Check out our episode, Paul is Dead, for more on that. Mm -hmm. McCartney crosses the stage in the East Room of the White House in front of Stevie Wonder and accidentally knocks over a mic stand right in front of Stevie. And somehow, Stevie catches it before it hits the ground. Now, just how can a blind guy catch a flying falling object? Furthermore, Art, there's an infamous TMZ photo of Stevie Wonder taking a picture of Michael Jackson at the Motown Museum. Just how the heck does a blind guy know where to point the camera? Speaking of pointing and not knowing what you're doing, Bomani Jones, a well-known sports journalist for ESPN... I'm coming in hot. Oh, watch out, Bamani Jones. Sports journalists everywhere. You need some aloe for that bird? That's right. Uh, and frequent guest panelist on the show Around the Horn is a avid Stevie Sight Truther. Jones claims that Stevie Wonder wanted to be on Dancing with the Stars and that no one who was actually blind could be on that show. Or at least, it's super duper sus. And by sus, I mean suspicious. <laughs> Jones also claims that he knows a guy who'd sold Stevie three plasma TVs. What would a blind guy need with all those plasma TVs? Wouldn't a real blind guy invest in a better surround sound system than a plasma TV? Listeners, Art and I would like to take a moment and say... <clears throat> Art listeners lovely... Aren't listeners wonderful? Aren't they precious? Less than 27 episodes old. I never thought through being captured in a bunker we'd be making podcasts for listeners as lovely as thee. But aren't they lovely made from love? Now onto something that isn't lovely, Andy. Face tattoos. Andy, are you familiar with the music of Austin Post, aka 
Post Malone. Not even a little bit of it. Not even a little bit? I have, at best, a tenuous idea of even who Post Malone is. Tell me what you know about Post Malone. I know that people in the meme community think that Post Malone is a disgusting human being. I don't know if that's based that on... That he looks like he smells like cat piss. <laughs> yeah, right. Beer. That the way that he looks is supposed to be repulsive to you. That's okay. all I know about You Post can't Malone. name any of his songs. No songs, no lyrics. Not I even don't one. even know what it sounds like. Okay, well, Post Malone is... Uh, is, is And is... I didn't bother to even try to listen <laughs> as part of the research. <laughs> I understand that. Listen, that, that kind of uh, mumble rap, trap... Kind is that of what fucking, it is, yeah. Like he's a SoundCloud rapper, right? Like mm. you know, it, it is not popular with a lot of uh, oldie old old farts like us. Let's be honest. This is this is it. Literally, when I listen to some of that music, I look back and I say, like, wow, I I've become old. I've become old man yells at cloud <laughs> when I when I hear some of his music. But he he was most famous. I think his number his first big hit was White Iverson. Okay, uh, that that kind of launched him on SoundCloud, and now he's. His, uh, I think his first album was Beer Bongs and Bentleys, okay. which I think already kind of tells you what he's all about. He He's all about not giving a shit what people think. Obviously, he has face tattoos and disgusting hair and bad teeth <laughs> that he, I think he's replaced with grills. It, it, very weird. He, you know, he loves like classic rock and rock music, but he's also like heavily involved in the rap scene and he plays guitar and he just really doesn't give a shit what people think about him. Uh, as evidenced by some of the things we'll point out yeah. uh, in the research today. So anyway, Andy, astute points. But uh, did you know that Post Malone may indeed be cursed? Mm. And I'm just, ta- just not just talking about his choice of face tattoos. Post Malone has had a string of very dangerous, very bad, no good, dirty, rotten luck. First, Post Malone's private plane was forced to make an emergency landing after its tires blew off Immediately after taking off, luckily, no one was injured and the pilot landed safely. But Andy, we all know the dangers of musicians and planes, do we not? <clears throat> Buddy Holly. Okay. The Big Bopper. Hey, baby. Richie Valens. La Bamba. Patsy Cline. Uh, fuck, I know who that is. Oh, God. God. Ricky Nelson. Otis Redding. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I heard it through the grapevine. Oh. Nope. I was sitting on the dock of the bird. Leonard Skinner. Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, I know. I know so many fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan songs because I played guitar. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I do. Brown Eyed Girl. Aaliyah. <laughs> I know Aaliyah. <laughs> Again, in a song, but I know who that is. John Denver. Control. John Denver died in a plane crash? Glenn Miller. I don't know. All of them died in plane crashes. Uh, so, yeah, I think the dangers of musicians and airplanes is well established. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, luckily for Post, nothing happened, but. Mm, yeah. Uh, but Art, you know, obviously nothing happened. It gets worse from here oh, for no. Mr. Malone. Uh, a few days later, after the plane mishap, three armed robbers broke into a property where Malone used to live, demanding to see him. They stole cash, jewelry, and objects totaling over $20,000. Luckily, Post wasn't there and wasn't hurt. But don't be saying, I'm guessing this is a Post Malone lyric. It is. Now they always say congratulations. Because a few days after this incident, 
Post Malone was driving his Rolls Royce when he was T-boned by a Kia in West Hollywood. And no, listeners, T-boned isn't some cool, hip, sound clown mumble rap fucking word for eating ass or ingesting molly drugs. I know your millennial culture. I'm not out of touch. It means a terrible car crash. Okay? (laughs) Andy's fired up. Fortunately, Malone was unscathed and no alcohol or drugs were involved. But what does this string of unfortunate events mean for Lemony Post-It? Great reference. (laughs) What is the universe trying to do to him? Rather, Andy, what did Post do to the universe? (gasps) Some believe Post is now cursed by an ancient paranormal object that some believe is the most haunted object in existence. Post Malone has appeared on the show Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. Nice. You can see, Post Malone does not give a shit what people think. He just does what he wants, right? Yeah, nobody who cares what they think would appear on Ghost Adventures with Zach Baggins. (laughs) Zach, if you want to come on the show, we'd we'd love love to have have you. you. (laughs) After the filming, Post visited Zach at uh, his haunted museum in downtown LA. Inside, Zach has within his possession the die book box. The the D book box. I don't know the pronunciation on that. The D book box is a wine cabinet that is believed to be the most haunted object on earth, possessed by a die book, the Yiddish word for a malicious spirit. The box the box deserves its own episode, dear listeners, but let's just say this. Zach keeps the entire box locked and covered at all times because even by touching it, the malicious spirit can haunt you. I think it's Dibuk. Dibuk. My apologies. On this fateful night, Baggins lifts the plexiglass cover on the box for the very first time and touches it. Post, easily freaked out, grabs Baggins by the shoulder, and some say this was enough for the spirits to possess him, using Baggins as a conductor. From the box to post. (laughs) Wow. Well, listeners, we can tell you're quite stuffed. I hope you enjoyed these three tapas small plates of the whole enchiladas. We served up hot and fresh for you. Was Avril Lavigne replaced by a body double after her untimely death? Is Stevie Wonder really blind? Has Post Malone been cursed by an evil spirit? (laughs) We don't know for certain, dear listeners. But what we do know is this. Uh. Uh Uh-huh. Life's like this. Why does a Dybbuk box have to go and make things so complicated? It's very superstitious. Malicious spirits on the wall. He's just a skater spirit. He said, see you later, Post Malone. He wasn't good enough for it. That's a wrap. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Andy here from the podcast. I'm here with my co-host, your co-host, Art. Hey, listeners, how you doing out there? Folks, this is not an ad. This is a thank you. Thank you for being a listener. We appreciate everyone who listens to the show. 
And um, it means a lot to us because, um, you know, we work hard to to provide you a great product. And if you're loving it, hey, share it with your friends. Maybe they'll love it too. Thanks, listeners. We love you. Back to the show. Welcome back, dear listeners. We are Andy and Art. That was our research into more music conspiracies. Wow, Andy, what do you make of these three conspiracies? Three. Uh, wow, what a uh, what a what a delightful menagerie. Oh of, yeah. Uh, of uh, musical themed conspiracies we That's had right. today. That's right. Um, a hodgepodge, a smorgasbord, a menage en trois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see a menage en trois between Avril Lavigne, Post Malone, and Stevie Wonder, huh? Yeah, I would. So would Stevie Wonder. Uh, <laughs> he'd like to see anything. Thank you. Wow. Checkmate. <laughs> Checkmate, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Let's start with. Number let's let's okay. work through all three. Andy. Okay, let's do that one by one. Okay, let's start with Miss Avril Lavigne. Okay, now people also we didn't bring this up in the research, but people also believe that the same thing has happened to My Chemical Romance and Fall Out Boy. People seem to think that when musicians change their sound, <laughs> somehow like the musician, the original musicians have died. Yeah, <laughs> like now Fall Out Boy is a totally new band because they're playing like weird pop hits instead of like emo pop hits that they were like <laughs> follow boy was already super popular capitalizing on the, uh, the scene music scene literally uh, of my teenage years. Yeah. Follow, follow boy was, I mean, everyone I knew was listening. Every girl I knew was listening to follow boy. They were all dressing in, 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 in loving every fueled by ramen music label band. Um, they were huge. Uh, fucking sh- dance, dance, or whatever that fuck. Sugar, we're going down. All these fucking songs were constantly being played. That music video of the like the boy who has the deer antlers and stuff, and he's trying to date the girl, but the dad wants to kill him. Dance, dance was in the Madden 2006 version, wasn't it? Sure, or 2005. I believe it. They were hugely massive, and then they kind of like. It's hard for bands. It's hard for bands to have massive chart-topping hits. Uh, and then to, like, follow that shit up. It's just never going to be the same. You say that all the time. You say that all the time. I agree with you. You say it's better for musicians to fucking die instantly <laughs> than to fade away. I I do think that... Um, I think that a lot of times... The music scene is uh, notoriously, uh, music consumers are notoriously intolerant of musicians, artists uh, who show growth and development in their style. Yeah, like maybe the artists don't want to fucking, maybe Avril Lavigne doesn't want to do the same, you know, shitty, fucking, not shitty, but like poppy, punky music over and over again. You know, she yeah. tried to do something different with this weird. And she actually gotten a little bit of flack for it. She tried to do a kind of Gwen Stefani, Harajuku Lovers, Dream Pixie Girl kind of weird Japanese song thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people were not into it. Yeah. But, you know, like, does she want to be known for the same thing? I mean, I don't know. You know? I think it's this thing of that people fall in love with musicians yeah. at a certain point 
and their lives, and they fall in love with the music for a very specific reason. Right. And people who dive so deep into it then have more of a connection um, with it than, you know, let's face it. If you were an adult who, okay. If I was an adult? Let me just take it back a second here. Young people, children, teens. Young people, teens. Uh, tweens, tweens, um, infants, infants, barely legal adults, <laughs> hot young teens who want to jerk off with you. No, they're legal. No, they're not. Barely legal. Eighteen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know who this is. Is this Doctor Phil or somebody this else? Is, this is art. I think. Personally. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's different voice. Art sounds like this. Hey, it's me, Art. It's me or here I am in the podcast. No, uh, you're right. People fall in love with look, music when in you're a when way. you're a child. You 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 ch- you're changing so rapidly. Yeah. Uh, you and I expressed our affinity for Avril Lavigne's music. Uh, for this research, I was re-listening to a couple of those songs we mentioned in the uh, presentation of the conspiracy, and you know what? Um. I can see why people would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, but the subject matter doesn't really speak to me anymore. It's too juvenile. Yeah. You, she does have a nice voice. She is a talented singer. Yeah. Truly. But you know, as if you're but if you're an adult who is really into Avril Lavigne, chances are you're not gonna change, right? Right. Like it's speaking to you on a different level than it's speaking to me as a 14-year-old. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that some people who are like adults and get into it, uh, they um the, you know, I could see why they would say, like, well, clearly, you know, like they would be personally offended that someone like Avril Levine would change her stick. Sure. Um, All that said, you know, everybody knows by this point, listeners and you alike, I'm a big Beach Boys fan. Huge Beach Boys fan. Talk about a band that went through a lot of different iterations. Yeah. uh, Over their, you know, now 50 plus year career. (laughs) Um, I mean, you you think about uh, early, they started doing surfing music uh, as kind of a gimmick to get popular and just have an excuse to be a band. And then they changed into car music. Uh, and then they changed, you know, into uh, more like it's a lot of relationshipy type stuff. Yeah. And then they try to switch away from that into more like adult themes or like themes of uh, taxes, growing mortgages, up. <laughs> yeah. They adult themes. did a lot about uh, the proper way to file your IRS returns. <laughs> a lot of songs about that. Buying um, a used car versus a new car. <laughs> that was a great one. Uh, foods that are good for your cholesterol. Like lots of stuff <laughs> like that. Um, uh, that's actually, that's actually kind of true. Uh, check out the radiant radish, everybody. Um, <laughs> but it's like they went through these a lot of iterations. You know, when they started working on pet sounds, there was a lot of trepidation about the commercial viability of that type of music. Um, you know, uh, good vibrations was a big number one hit, but it was it was uh, a bit of a departure from their previous uh, charting number one single didn't al jardine write the lyrics like the day before or something or the right before the board mm, no because they didn't like the original lyrics no they had other lyrics but mike mike 
Love collaborated on it. Oh, it was Mike. Yeah. Well, they all argue about who wrote what and who did what. Yeah, they do. They suit each other before about it. Um, uh, but it was a it was a big departure from I Get Around, you know, which yeah. was a uh, previous number one hit for the band. Um, and then another, I think this went to number one, Kokomo. Yeah. Talk about... That's Talk a, about go listen to Kokomo versus uh, help me. Uh, what's that one? Help me, help Ronda? me Ronda? Yeah. yeah, or like uh, you know, fucking God only knows versus Kokomo. It's like yeah, or Kokomo was in the Muppets. Or go listen to right? the most recent album that they had. I've uh, heard the Muppets sing Kokomo. They were in the music video. They were. Yeah. Down in Kokomo. Yeah. Oh, hello. You've well, I'll say that there was a video. I don't know that that was the music video, but Miss there Piggy. was. <laughs> Shut up, Frog! <laughs> oh, no. Go down on Kokomo! <laughs> hey, if you guys ever need a Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy impersonators, that's Andy and I. <laughs> and I can only shout Miss Piggy. I can't do the lines regular. Andy, I guess my question is who cares? About what? Music. If ever, <laughs> music. Yeah, who the Does the fuck music cares still about music? mean something to you? If you found out, Andy, that Brian Wilson didn't write and record and produce pet sounds all by himself, would it matter? Doesn't that music still mean something to you? Does it matter that Melissa Vandal or fucking Avril Lavigne wrote the music if it still means something to you? If it's still hitting that spot. I guess it's a little bit different because Avril is most still most well known for her first album and her first two singles, right? Complicated and Skater Boy. Yeah. Uh, the rest, anything that Melissa Vandal, quote unquote, did or did not write, has never reached the wasn't acclaim. as commercially successful, right? Uh, but, where, but whereas, for you, answer when, the question right now. Okay, Jesus. Do it. Okay. Um, Would it matter? I don't think that it does. Right. I think that if think, some unnamed producer was like actually comes out and Brian on his deathbed is like, well, uh, actually, uh, it turns out uh, Dick Dick Biggums wrote. I mean, Terry uh, Asher already wrote all sounds. the lyrics to Pet Sounds for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but like all the music and shit, Brian didn't do most of it or something. I, Would it still matter to you? I, I mean, I think that you... You have an appeal to the music more than you have an appeal to the personal story of the person creating it. Um, I, I think. Like, yeah. I think first and foremost, I mean, there's certainly some element to to it that you might enjoy, but I think that even if you listen to the, if I heard Pet Sounds in a vacuum and didn't know anything about it, I would say this is beautiful music. I always feel right. so moved listening to it. Uh, it's a great fucking album, and it has nothing to do with me considering uh, Brian Wilson's. Uh, relationship with his own wife and uh, her sister and his desire for a high school girlfriend. Uh, like I, th- you know, and his, his, his uh, burdening or like uh, budding, bu- budding agoraphobia. Yeah. Right. And all these other problems and his relationship with his bandmates and his father. I think that, <laughs> I think that the, the, the neurotic, uh, attitudes of the artist come through sure. <laughs> and that's what speaks to us ultimately. And so it doesn't ultimately matter who the artist is, but that feels like the cream on top. Yeah. That's a nice, if you learn about it later, it's like, 
oh, how interesting. Uh, but I don't think that you need that to enjoy it. And I right. don't think that it ultimately matters if if someone being Avril Lavigne, I mean, come on, look at some of these really old uh, like groups that tour today where it's like it's like they call themselves the drifters. There's not even any of the original members in the group. It's just all people like it's just the name that exists. Right. It's like. I mean, to me, that's a kind of a different discussion because it's live music versus like just general right. creation of. I, I think maybe it matters more to uh, fans of music like you than maybe it does like people who enjoy Post Malone's music. Like, do people really give a shit how many fucking producers and stuff probably write and help Post Malone make his music? Yeah. You know, or like take this, for example. Um what was their name? Carol Carol Key and all those other session musicians? No, you're thinking of people at the Brill Building. The songwriters. No, the session musicians. Oh, oh, oh. Carol Carol oh. Kane, right? Carol Kay. Carol Kay. You're talking about the uh, Wrecking a, Crew. The Wrecking Crew. How, For how those much not in the know, the Wrecking Crew right. was a group, a loose affiliation of studio musicians who were active in the L.A. music scene right. in the 60s and beyond, uh, they got to be, they were uh, very skilled musicians and um, they were some of Phil Spector's favorites and so they became in heavy usage for a lot of... Carol Kay, like, wrote La Bamba. She fucking, like, wrote that riff. Yeah. And has played bass and... Literally fucking defined bass guitar for a, a generation of rock musicians and stuff. She's had so much influence. She gets barely any of the credit. And, I mean, she's now getting recognized, you know, luckily a little bit more today now with, you know, um, I mean, guitar licks for Sam Cooke. You know, she she did stuff on uh, so many other fucking musicians, you know? Um, yeah, I mean. Documentaries now and stuff are kind of like. Pointing that shit out. Does it but does it change anything to know that some of these musicians didn't you know, I don't think it does. I think if the music means something to you, the music means something to you. Obviously you wanna feel like, hey, this was like like John Denver, like this was his piece of music. You know, Country Roads is a very moving piece of music. You wrote Country Roads, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just making sure I got that right. And uh you know, if it means something to you, if you're fucking from West Virginia, you fucking shed a tear every time you listen to those beautiful lyrics. You know, mm -hmm. what does it matter? Yeah, it doesn't. You know, that's why there's covers. I mean, there are lots of uh, what I thought you were going with was uh, Carol King. That's no. what I thought you were going. Carol for. Kay. Yeah, Carol Kane is the actress. Carol Kay is. Uh, the musician, bassist. No, uh, the songwriter. I'm talking about songwriters. I don't know are. the songwriter, Andy. Uh, yeah, you do. No, uh, I don't, Andy. Uh, Stop putting words in my we're mouth. Talking about, we're talking about Carol King, who uh, wrote like dozens of, uh, of songs. Um, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. How about Chains, The Locomotion... The locomotions. Um, I'm into something chains. good. Is that, that that is that how that song goes? No, no. Chains, 
My baby's got me locked up in chains. Ugh. But they how did your baby get a wait, hold of wait, some wait, chains? Hold on, hold on. How's your baby have the dexterity to wrap you an adult in chains? <laughs> you got you what got are these lyrics. Uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. I feel like I've heard these songs. Uh, you make me feel like a natural woman. You make me feel like a natural melon. Her own album, I'm a Cantaloupe. Um, anyway, you. Um, so there was a there was a long tradition of like a lot of um, of uh, pop musicians didn't even write their own music. That yeah. was very uncommon. You think the Backstreet Boys really wrote those fucking lyrics? No. You think Britney Spears wrote all her lyrics? No. You think Frank Sinatra wrote his lyrics? No. People who did standards, these were part of the American songbook. People like Cole Porter were writing them. Duke Ellington were writing them. Yeah. And then they're just done and redone by dozens of different artists. And you latch on to the version. We're that not talking you about, most. you know, yeah, about like Frank Sinatra's showmanship or his charisma. Or we're not talking about his own it, voice, his performance. Yeah, his That's take to it. perform on it. He had an arranger. Somebody was arranging the music for the background. Now there's a moral argument, I think a societal argument here Andy, like should they be giving more credit to these hardworking session musicians? You know, maybe maybe not. Yeah, Is sure. there a contract in place where it says, "Hey, you're going to come in, you're going to write me a song, you're going to get paid for it, but like I'm taking all the credit." Like, I mean, yes, that's in that sense that's pretty fair, right? That's the arrangement. You know the arrangement. All of the Wrecking Crew, they were union musicians, so their time was recorded and they were paid in accordance with uh, union pay schedules, they don't they don't get credited. As far as I know, Carol Cade has no has no qualms about the how she she's written some of the greatest licks and and bass lines in rock music, uh, early rock music history. She says, yeah, you know that's what I did. You know, she loved playing music. Yeah, and she put out a great book that I think a lot of bass teachers still use today on how to play a bass, <laughs> electric bass for rock music, you know, and uh, it's perfectly fine. And I think what we're getting at here is that most of the evidence for the Avril conspiracy is very, very silly and very stupid. Skin blemishes, come on. Her nose changing slightly. Maybe she got some rhinoplasty, maybe not. She was fucking like, 17 years old when that first album came out. Yeah, you can't, I mean. I mean, she's like 17, 18, and now she's like if she in her was, 30s. If she was a 17-year-old and she never changed, I'd be like, this person sucks. <laughs> well. If I never changed from when I was 17, oh, I would okay. hope a truck would run over me. <laughs> because I would be absolutely unbearable. Oh, God. Fuck me. I mean, famously, listeners, you don't know this, but I know this because I know Andy. Famously, high school Andy was not allowed in Europe. <laughs> the yeah, European Union true. denied high school Andy access. <laughs> that's not exactly it, listeners. Andy, but... you, you want to tell the story? I think the listeners would get kicked uh, out. Of this. I was I was in the the band in my high school, and uh, there was this program where people from the school got to go on a trip to Europe, and they got to see the sights and play music in Europe, and. It was probably pretty cool, but uh, I wasn't allowed to go. And somebody told me after the fact that the uh, band director said it was because I could be possibly an embarrassment to the school <laughs> and to the United States of America overseas. <laughs> so I spent uh, two weeks that summer 
uh, while my friends were in Europe. Oh, man. It was probably so heartbreaking for young Andy, but it is such a funny fucking story now. Looking back, I can laugh at it. <laughs> oh, man. My sister got to go. <laughs> so I had to go then the next year and be see her off. Oh, good God, Andy. God, you weren't allowed in Europe because you were an embarrassment to the country. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. But look at me now. But look at you now, baby. You're not an embarrassment at all. Woo! <laughs> Andy, put your shirt back on. Oh, sorry. I think that's what we're getting at here is just that, like, there's no... I mean, the guy who started it even came out and put a Facebook post out saying, hey, I made this all up just to prove that you could start shit on the internet. Nothing there. This is so like uh, too slim and the Paul is dead. 100%. You know, he just made it up for a laugh. And then guess what? People latched onto it. Let's move on, Andy, okay. I think, to number two. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Uh, hold on. Let me get my toilet paper. <laughs> we're going to move on to a number two. <laughs> this is why you weren't allowed in Europe. <laughs> Excuse me, little uh, little American boy. Would you uh, please get you out remember? of the way? Hey, do you know where the Eiffel Tower is? I used to know, but I baguette. Good God. You'd be like at the leaning tower of Pisa trying to take a picture of like you pushing it up with your butt crack. And all the Italians would be walking around like, Bobbity Boopity, why is he a guy to do it? I can say that because I'm half Italian. Yeah. And I'd say, I'm really just doing an impression of all my Zias. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what they sound like. They're incomprehensible. Southern Italian. You can't understand a word they say. Andy Stevie Wonder. This one, I got to say, Andy. Go ahead. Is so fucking stupid. Wow. It is so much stupider than even the Avril Lavigne one. Wow. Because even the Avril Lavigne one, I can see the slightest possibility that, yeah, I could understand why uh, the music industry would try to replace a chart topper with someone who looked like her to make more money. I can see that. I see no logical reason why Stevie Wonder would pretend to be blind his whole life. There's just no fucking reason. That gimmick does not take away from the fact that Stevie Wonder is an incredible musician with amazing talent who has written some amazing songs that get played constantly at weddings. (laughs) How many fathers have danced with their daughters at weddings to Isn't She Lovely? I mean, come on. Come on. Okay. You're staring at me, Andy, like you aren't passionate about this, and I know you are. I have to say, of the three, this is the one I think is the most plausible. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Why? Because there's no reason to do it. He could get away with it. Who's going to check it? Why do it? I don't know. Why pretend to be blind? I don't know why you would do it, but I'm saying. I cannot believe this. It's the easiest one to pull off. I cannot believe this. It's the easiest one to pull off. I cannot believe this right now. I am shocked. I'm floored. Listeners at home. I hope you pick your jaws up off the floor. <laughs> if, I mean, if you've ever watched the video of him and Paul McCartney, he can just catches the mic stand. It's like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, but like every single piece of these. Uh, Here's the thing. Duh, how could a blind guy not fucking trip over himself constantly? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's really blind. uh, How did he dress himself this morning? Checkmate, atheist. Everybody, that's that's Arts Bomani Jones impression. <laughs> Uh, no, here's the thing. There's I don't really, know anything about Bomani Jones. There's other no, than he brings up Tim Debo. There's no good evidence to suggest that that Stevie Wonder is actually doing this. Although, um, I 
I asked my wife about this, and you okay. know she's a music buff. Uh, there's a there's a book that um, Timothy White wrote called Rock Lives, and it's a bunch of his profiles of different uh, musicians, okay, uh, and musical artists. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Timothy White was a music journalist uh, since deceased. Uh, R.I.P. One of the uh, titans uh, of music journalism, and he has a profile in there um, about Stevie Wonder. Now I haven't read it. Admittedly, uh, but apparently, um, Amanda seems to think that uh, Timothy White kind of thinks that Stevie Wonder's faking it. Jesus Christ! Because because she said it's he writes a lot about how Stevie's like in his home, you know, like how like the weird structure of like people who are around him and stuff. What do you mean? I don't know. I didn't okay. read it. Okay. I'm but, just getting her like quick secondhand opinion. I don't think though that like blindness is always like he he's he's had this his whole life. He like his other senses, you know, blind people are, are blind people can exist out in the real world and like do things. They aren't like fucking fumbling oafs who are just like, "Ah, I can't see." Yeah. You know, I think we forget how much our spatial recognition comes from hearing. It's mm-hmm. not all sight. Yeah. It, you get a lot of stuff from hearing. Yeah. You know? Um, I just, you know, I just think people are running around like, oh my God, this fucking blind guy walked over to somebody that he can hear. Well, yeah. He that's... can understand where people are on in, sta- on in space on stage. Never mind that he's a musician who has a trained ear his whole life. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Checkmate, sa- atheist. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's no, <laughs> there's no good evidence to say that he's faking it. But like, but he might be the. I don't know. The blind thing is such a silly gimmick. Wouldn't being deaf be much like? Who gives a shit if you're blind? Yeah, you can still play music. Music has to do with your ears. No, people are super impressed by a blind person that can play every instrument. Ah, fuck that. I'm impressed by that. Nah, it's all about feel, dude. Musicians don't need to look at stuff when they play guitar. So many times, they. I mean, maybe if they're doing a complicated solo, but. Musicians can sing and look out at the crowd while playing. They know where things are on the fret. On yeah, the I know, but think how much harder it was to learn it. Sure. You had to learn by ear, but yeah. I just don't buy it. It's okay. And blindness can take different forms. It doesn't mean that he sees all pitch black. Maybe he sees like weird blurs. And maybe he sees, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah, nobody does. I mean, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. We now, can test it. Andy, you... We're also born six weeks premature. Were you? That's correct. Wow. I'm Look how you developed. I'm basically Stevie Wonder. You're Stevie Wonder. I'm little Andy Wonder. <laughs> and you've written so many great songs. <laughs> Listeners, you know them, you love them. Um, Andy, We're not going to name any You of them have right joined now. the ranks of Donald Glover and Anthony Anderson, as who are both possibly, but not really, Stevie's Wonder's sight truthers. Anthony Anderson a little bit more than Donald Glover. Now, Donald Glover was on the Jimmy Kimmel program, his okay. late night program. There's two late night programs we're going to bring up here. Donald Glover's still working? Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. Okay. More so now than ever, Andy. Okay. Uh, his, his More than ever? Probably. Before, he was just doing a couple of comedy shows, and then his rap career took off, and now he's like, he's producing his own series that he's written and starred in on uh, FX called Atlanta that people have very good things to say about. Yeah. He's been in a lot of different movies. Anyway, 
Donald Glover was promoting Atlanta, and he was talking about how he wanted to use a Stevie Wonder song in the oh, show. Oh, wait, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, not, not Danny uh, Glover. Not Danny Glover. I got confused. Rightfully mm, so. Too many. If you if you have the it's same, very close. If you have one name the same, I'll get confused. Just it's like it's we a got, very close name. We I'll got confused. Carol Kay versus Carol. That's King. right. Donald Glover, uh, also known as Childish Gambino, the rapper. Uh, so he wanted to use a Stevie Wonder song in the show Atlanta, and he kind of like through different management, eventually got Stevie Wonder's number okay. and was talking and texting with Stevie, saying like, so he sent Stevie Wonder a text. Yeah. Saying, you know, hey man, I want to use one of your songs, blah, blah, blah. And Stevie said, okay, let me see what you're going to use it in and I'll decide. And, you know, Donald's doing a couple jokes. He's on a late night program. He's doing jokes like, gee, how, I'm thinking to myself, how is Stevie going to watch my show? It's like blind people can watch TV. Why did Donald Glover say it like, he didn't say it like, like Jerry Seinfeld? He didn't say it like a fucking, how hat. is Stevie Wonder going <laughs> to watch my show? Kramer! <laughs> he did. He said Kramer. And Kimmel was like, my name's Kimmel. Not getting the joke because he's Jimmy Kimmel. And he's not funny. Jeez. And neither is his show or any late night show for that matter besides Conan. Woo! God damn, watch out, Jimmy and Kimmel. And even Conan, it's like his po- Conan's podcast is 10 times funnier than his fucking late night show. Good late night Lord. needs to die. Late night is dumb and it sucks. Kill Good late Lord. night. Lord, Art the Flamethrower right. burning everybody today. Late night is garbage trash TV. Woo-wee. That is only used to uh, uh, generate clicks. Woo! It's stupid, and it's not fun. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that uh, the uh, the late, late show with that one guy, James Corden, James Corden is, uh, is just... For clickbait? Yeah, no, he's he's really bringing up fat shaming because he really cares about it. <laughs> Carpool karaoke Carpool just karaoke. to go viral? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocking, I know, right? Jeez. Uh, anyway. Color uh, me shocked. Color me shocked. <laughs> Let me get through this stupid story. So anyway, uh, Stevie watches the program and says, yeah, man, it's great. You can use my song. And mm-hmm. Donald is doing a bunch of bits about how, how the hell did he watch my show? He's blind, blah, blah, blah. Anthony Anderson said it was on the late night with Colbert, um, another terrible fucking late night show. Hey, Ruined- whatever happened to Anthony Anderson and all those, uh, wasn't there sexual misconduct allegations, harassment or something? Possibly. Him? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think I mm, saw something about that while researching this, but who knows? Okay. Uh, anyway, he's talking about how Stevie Wonder walked directly over to him at a charity event they were doing and asked Anthony to bring him to a piano and Anderson is doing a bunch of bits and says, if he could have walked over to me, couldn't you have just walked yourself over to that piano? How did he like know where I was? Mm-hmm. And you know, Anthony Anderson seemed a little bit more serious about it than Donald Glover. Yeah. Donald Glover's just having a laugh. I think Donald Glover was just having a laugh, but uh, Anthony Anderson seemed a little bit more serious about it. So there's some people not just Bomani Jones, who agree. <laughs> Steven Wonder's fucking faking it. Yeah. I say, I don't give a shit. It doesn't... Doesn't change how good of a song Sir Duke is. Yeah. There's a YouTube video you can watch where this uh, jazz musician slash uh, kid YouTube guy, I forget his name, Jake, Jacob, Lars, Jacob Larson or something like that. Uh, he's, he's a well-known, I should know his name and I should have looked it up, but he breaks down. You just look up like Stevie wonder, sir, Duke breakdown, Jacob, blah, blah, blah. You'll, you'll find it. And he breaks down how, why sir Duke is like the perfect 
homage, the perfect love letter to uh, great jazz musicians like Sir Duke Ellington. Um, and just how like Stevie Wonder writes this like very complex jazz hit that is also simultaneously an easy to understand and beautiful pop hit. Um, I don't, I mean, I just don't, what a fucking difficult thing to have to keep up your whole life. Yeah. And I agree with you hundred percent. It doesn't matter. Stevie Wonder is one of the greats of all time. We'll see what happens when we get to the verdict. I think you and I are going to butt heads like two giant Rams. I think so. We're going to be like two Ram trucks. Two, two Dodge Ram trucks. Two Dodge Ram. Just Thanks for your sponsorship of this podcast, Dodge. <laughs> Dodge. Shout out to Dodge. I've never owned a Dodge, and I most likely never will, but congrats. My family used to have a caravan. Ooh, no, wait. We had the Plymouth version. Sorry. Ooh, sorry. sorry. We're a Toyota family and a Chevy family. Hmm. Actually, we had a lot of different cars. We had a Buick for a while, and then the, uh, the fuzzy part of the ceiling started falling. Yeah. You know, you know oh, what yeah. used to happen on old cars. Yeah, the upholstered the ceiling. The upholstered ceiling fell down and it used mm-hmm. to bubble. And I remember, I remember the day we took it in and I was sad because I loved that car because I loved poking the ceiling. Yeah. And then we took it in and traded it in for a Toyota Camry. Greatest car we ever owned. That Camry is still running today. Wow. What a car. Toyota, you make a hell of a car. Did your mom drive that car? My mom drove that car. Does she still? Uh, yeah. Uh, did I ride in that car? No, maybe. Hmm, maybe. I don't know why I would have ever picked you up. Have I ever driven you? Uh, No, but your mom picked me up once from the train station. Oh, yeah. No, I think later in life we got the Lexus. Oh. And that probably would have been it. I was definitely in your van once. Uh, listen, Andy... But that's another thing we're not supposed to bring up. That's that's between us. That's our little friendship. Time. Oh, <laughs> I blacked out there, too. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, Andy, uh, speaking of blackouts, uh, Post Malone, let's get on to number three. Unless you have anything else to say about Mr. Stevie Wonder. No, Stevie Wonder's great. Okay, Mr. Post Malone. What do you what do you make of this, Andy? You think he's really cursed, or you think this is just a general musician thing that people overhype? I mean, the whole thing of it is like stupid. The whole basis of it is stupid to me, so I don't, <laughs> don't feel convinced at all by anything that's happening here. I don't know anything about Post Malone. Uh, I don't know about anything about a Dybbuk box. Um, right. I I mean, the most cursed object in the world, uh, or most haunted object? Yeah. Uh, how come Zach Baggins didn't get cursed? I don't know. I think it's because Zach... Is just one with the spirits. He's just no. He knows so many ghosts. He's encountered so many ghosts. Um, it just didn't bother him. And I don't know. It's like nothing bad happened to Post Malone except he got t boned. He got his ass eaten. Yeah, it's true. He's he's still fucking like, you know, he's still uh uh promoting uh, e cigarettes on his Instagram. Yeah, living life, having a good time, being a kind of grimy looking dude. Listen, I don't know you, Post Malone. You're into a lot of cool stuff that I like. Obviously, our senses of style and senses of good music are totally different. And our senses of fun. I don't think we'd get along very well. That being said, if you wanted to play some video games with us, I would play video games with you, Post Malone. Uh, what do you? What is it that you and Post Malone have in common? We like video games. That's it? He likes video games. He's like, a, you know, he's like, a, I think we're around the same age. And uh, he likes video games. He likes ghost adventures. I think he would like this podcast. Post. Give it a listen, Post. Um, Let us know what you think. 
you know, yeah, he's around various YouTube stars like uh, him and uh, Ethan Klein of H3H3 are good friends. And, um, you know, he's he's been around other YouTube personalities. And I, I don't necessarily enjoy many big YouTube personalities like H3H3 or... Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, occasionally I'll like a little bit of their... I don't really like to look into YouTube drama. I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, anyway. Okay. But I don't like rap music. I like rock music. I think Post Malone and I would get along that way. I don't like uh, beer bongs and Bentleys. I don't think I don't think expensive cars are cool. I think expensive cars are some of the stupidest things you can ever purchase, and I think they're dumb. So, essentially, you just want to play video games with Post Malone. Yeah, I would buy a Subaru. Because apparently those cars are very safe and they run very well. <laughs> I would buy a Volvo because apparently those cars are very safe. Yeah, Volvo's incredible. I would never buy a Rolls Royce. I would never buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. I would test drive one for fun. Yeah. But I would never purchase one. I don't I don't see that as a status symbol. Um, you ask me, Warren Buffett is the perfect example of a fucking, of big dick energy. You know what I'm saying, Andy? You... Warren Buffett doesn't need to show off with fancy cars or a big house. He's got fucking, he's fucking loaded, baby. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't need to show off with fancy mm. stuff. Yeah. Likewise. So, so you're more impressed by somebody like Warren Buffett than somebody who's flashy with their wealth. Yeah. So you're a lot like Shania Twain. Don't impress me much. mm <laughs> mm you got curse, but you got the touch. Well, don't get me wrong. Well, I think that you're all right. But that won't keep me warm in the long, cold, lonely night. Well, don't get me wrong. The die book gives me a fright. But that won't keep me up at night. <laughs> that don't haunt me much. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> you gave the die book a look, but did you... Give it a touch. <laughs> so that what? Don't, that don't. You're Zach Baggins. That don't impress me much. <laughs> that's what the maybe that's what the die book box is singing. <laughs> so what? You're Zach Baggins. That don't impress me much. Um, I don't know, Andy. I, I guess we can. I don't want to talk too much about the die book box because. You know, I, I think it deserves its own episode. Maybe there's not a ton there, but um, did that did that even happen though? We don't know. That's right. It seems like the whole incident is speculation. The um, the die book box again, Yiddish word for malicious spirit, first became famous in 2012 when the furniture refinisher writer Kevin Manis put it up for sale on eBay. In his description, he wrote that he thought he bought the box at an estate sale in 2001 from the granddaughter of a Holocaust survivor who first bought it in Spain after she finally escaped Nazi-occupied Poland. It has never been opened, though, because it is haunted by a die book. There's a bunch of shit inside the box. Anyway, that's kind of the the story of it. There's a little bit more. That's the history of it. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Andy? Do you touch the die book box? Would you touch it? You're at Zach Baggins' museum. You just got finished uh, having a couple, throwing back a couple of brewskis with Zach, talking ghosts, talking other stuff. Maybe you see where the night goes. I know how you get down, Andy. I know what you do. I know what you do. Look at you fucking jiggling, laughing up and down. Come on, look at this guy. 
Listeners, you don't know this, but I know this. Andy fucking hoe down. Andy fucking hoes down. He hoses himself down with a big old hose and shows up and says, I'm a wet. Can I come in? That's how he gets in. That's how he wooed his wife. I'm not one of the, I'm not a black eyed kid. I'm a wet bodied adult. <laughs> oh, I'm all wet. Can I come in and use your towels? Andy, what do you think? You touch that die book box? Yeah, I don't care. I'll open the You fucking thing. touch it? I don't care. Bro, I don't touch that shit. No fucking way. I don't believe in that stuff, so I would open it. I'm too superstitious, Andy. Hmm? The it writing's on the wall. Freaks me out. Um, I can't. I couldn't do it. Mm, I couldn't I, yeah. do it. No, I don't care. I'll open mess it. Mess with my head. I'll open it. I don't care. You touch that die book box? I'll touch box? it. I'll open it. You touch that die book box all over? I'll... P- I'll put it on my dresser and use it to keep my keys in. Andy's going to grope the die book box. Wow. Jesus Christ, Andy. We're at odds tonight. Yeah. This is a first. Yeah, you, you, your opinions suck. No, your opinions suck. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> we are no longer co-hosts. <laughs> um, I don't know, Andy. I mean, you know, people love to fucking make a big stink about musicians and their don't they though their their luck oh they always die in three yeah yeah they're also always like hopped up on pills and old here's the thing <laughs> Pe- celebrities die here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing about the human brain people make all these examples but nobody ever talks about all the musicians who died by themselves cold and alone or just you know people say oh it always happens in threes yeah but what about all the times that it didn't happen in threes yeah anytime you say oh well remember this thing that happened yeah but there were like 50 other musicians that died that didn't die with two other musicians right um is this just an example of a big name popular rapper who just lives a fast and reckless lifestyle i mean obviously the plane thing isn't his fault but I don't know. It's a private plane. I don't know the fucking standards and practices that that private plane <laughs> has to go through in order to be uh, uh, airworthy. Airworthy. Is it the same as a regular commercial airliner? Is it not? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's His assistant was driving the Rolls Royce when he got T-boned. Uh, you know, yes, it is peculiar that these things happened within a couple of weeks. Well, who was at fault? I think the Kia. So then you there's know. not much he could do. It is bizarre that these things happened in threes within a couple of days of each other right after he touched the die book box, though. Yeah, but we don't even know that he did that. No, he touched the die book box, then these three things happened. That's guaranteed that he did that. I believe so. I he think, touched the die book box. I think that's the whole story. Yeah, but it, did he really do that? He didn't touch it. He touched Zach Baggins. Yeah, but do we know that that happened? That's, like, confirmed? That he t- yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, um security footage of it mm. from the museum. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, he touched Zach Baggins and Baggins touched the box, yes. Okay, and then this stuff happened. And then this stuff happened, yes. Yeah, it's a weird coincidence, but it probably that stuff probably would happen even if that didn't happen. Yeah, he lives a pretty fast and loose lifestyle. I mean, nothing about him touching that box changed his plans. He was still going to be on that airplane. He probably still would have been in his Rolls Royce. True. Okay, Andy. You're giving me that look. Yeah, I'm just saying... Everything that happens to us is the culmination of like millions of different variables that we can't even comprehend. So to suggest that one thing being out of place would completely change your fortunes, I just don't think it's compelling. Well, I guess it's time to get to our verdicts because Andy's getting shit of these fucking 
these fucking topics. He's I'm getting, sick of this. The, his eyes are bloodshot. There's blood running out of his mouth. I'm crying blood. <laughs> uh, Andy's a virgin crying blood. Worship me. Worship him. All right, Andy, go ahead. Give me your verdicts. All right, let's break it down break one it at down. a time. One through three. Uh, number one, we talked about Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Uh, was Avril Lavigne dead and replaced by Melissa Vandal? Case closed. Didn't happen. Uh, the fan site recanted. They said it was fake. Yeah. There's really no other evidence than that. that There's this happened. very sketchy evidence at best. So I'm saying case closed on that one. Um, Stevie Wonder, is he blind for real or is he faking? I'm going to say, is he faking plausible molecule? Oh my God almighty. I really don't see why you'd do it, but could he be? I guess. He goes to a lot of basketball games, and he sits at the courtside seats. <laughs> yeah. Are you just enjoying the action f- sounds of sneakers squeaking? Probably. I mean, you can hear the announcers when you're there. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do tell you what's happening. Going to a basketball game is fun. Um, so, plausible molecule. Okay. Post Malone, is he cursed? Case closed. He's not cursed. And I'll tell you why. I just don't buy it. I don't buy the the whole Deepak box thing. Jeez. I mean, maybe if we explore it more in depth, I'll have my mind changed, but that's not the kind of thing I believe in. I don't think it's real. Wow. I don't think cursing is a thing that can happen. Wow. I think that uh, anybody who's cursed and has bad stuff happen to them, it's retroactively thought that way by people. You know what I mean? That yeah. it's like, oh, I fit over this curse element into just... <laughs> A person that just has random things happening. Wow, Andy. This might, listeners, keep track of this of this episode because this might be the one that breaks up the bunker. Let's see if there's any more episodes after this one. This one might break up the bunker forever. This might be the one. The bunker breaker. The bunker ball buster. The bunker breaker upper. <laughs> All right, Andy. My verdicts are as follows. Okay. Case closed. They ain't happening. Any of them. For Avril Lavigne and Stevie Wonder. I don't buy either of those. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Okay. Plausible smidge. That, smidge? Yeah, that, which is, I believe, one above molecule. That's more than molecule. One above molecule, but not as much as plausible minus. Uh, that Post Malone may or may not be cursed by an evil spirit. Why so much plausibility? It's plausible smidge. I know what it is. Plausible smidge. That seems like a lot of plausibility. Plausible smidge is like 20%. Plausible molecule is like 10 or under. Yeah. And then case closed. And then plausible minus is like 50. Well, no, that's plausible is 50. Plausible is 50%. Plausible minus, I think, is like 30-ish. 35 to 40. Yeah, 30 to 40. Plausible smidge. Low end plausible smidge. I don't know, Andy. I'm more superstitious and more spiritual than you. I don't know what happens after we die. I don't know if spirits can or cannot exist or inhibit us. We don't know. Are these spirits, are they the beings that control this shitty simulation that we call life? I don't know, Andy. All I know is I would not touch a die book box. I am scared of the die book box. Stay away from me, die book box. Don't come near my house. I'd touch it. I don't care. I wouldn't touch it, Andy. I'm just saying, I don't know. Obviously, I recognize that Post Malone lives a fast and reckless life. 
I don't know what happens when we die. I don't know what happens to spirits. I don't know if there's just bad energy. It could just be my brain. I fully admit that my upbringing, Andy, my Catholic upbringing, my, you know, Christian upbringing, whatever, there is a big emphasis on afterlife and spirits and people being able to influence you. Mm -hmm. They say things like, so-and-so's looking down from you in heaven. Yeah. All your dead relatives are watching you masturbate. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And they love it, sickos. They fucking love it. I don't know, Andy. I'm a little bit more, I'm just a little bit more in tune with that kind of shit. And it freaks me out. Maybe I'll say plausible molecule. I'm on the fence. Let's say that. Between molecule and smidge. I'm on the fence. Anyway, Hmm. listeners. Okay. Andy and I are on the fritz is what we're on right now. Um, you know what? We're we're enemies right now, Andy. And I hate your guts <laughs> and I hope you die. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's what happens to my enemies. Listeners, what do you think? Do we got it right? Do we got it wrong? Do you like our verdicts? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, feel free to tweet at us, email us, hit us up on Instagram, or as of just now, follow us on Twitch and let Whoa! us know what to say. All handles Mr. Bunker Pod. Twitch. I'm twitching. I'm so anticipatory. At Mr. Bunker Pod on Instagram. I'm twitching. <laughs> Twitter, Twitch, and Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. I'm Let twitching. Us know. And he used the hashtag. Um, oh boy. More music, more fun. <laughs> there it is. That's the winner. Hashtag more music. More fun, and let us know what you think about um, Avril Lavigne, Stevie Wonder, and Post Malone. Andy, uh, yeah, and again, a big thank you to Oriana for sending in that topic. Oriana, great topic. This if, was fun. If you want to send in a topic, uh, just like they did, you know, again, tweet at us, Instagram, email, or you can just, um, yeah, you know, send us something in, and we'll read it on the show. And we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. And Bunker will make us talk about it. Andy, it's time for a little, uh, our little fun segment that we've kind of been doing at the end of the post, show here. Post show breakdown. Post show breakdown. For, the, for, for everyone to get a little taste of what we're about. I'm going to propose a fun little question to Andy. Yeah. And maybe I'll answer it myself too. I don't know. We already talked about the die book box. If you would touch it, I say no way. And he says, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Put my penis in that die book box. Okay. Dick in a die book box. Dick in a die book box. (laughs) SNL. It's about dick in a die book box. (laughs) Andy. First. Yeah. You haunt a spirit inside the box. Two. Put your dick in that box. (laughs) Three. You make Zach Baggins and Post Malone open the box. Andy. Yeah, that'd be cool. You have to get a face tattoo because a evil malicious spirit is forcing you. Okay. There's no way you can get out of it. I yeah, don't care fine. if you don't believe you yeah. have to get a face tattoo. I get tattoo. it. For this, I accept. What do you get as a face tattoo and why? I get Ryan Reynolds' face exactly over my face. <laughs> uh, and the reason I do that is I hope that it will make me more camera friendly. Oh, no. <laughs> So it's just Ryan Reynolds' face tattooed over my face. Andy, I don't know. I think this backfires for you. Why? I think Ryan Reynolds has had to overcome the stigma of being too handsome for Hollywood. Well, I have the feeling that the underneath ugliness of my own face <laughs> we'll will tamp it, it down enough <laughs> that people will be like, this is a good mix. He's not. He's handsome, but not too handsome. <laughs> 
Um, I didn't think of anything creative or clever for myself. <laughs> That's not unusual. But, uh, wow, really, Andy? You have to go there, huh? You really? You're just <laughs> taking a bunch of die book digs at me, huh? Now I'm the flamethrower, you baby. You're possessed by a mean spirit. Yeah, I am. Um, there's a cartoon that I love that I think everyone should watch. Yourself included, Andy. You should show this to your kid. Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. How did I know it? It's such a fucking funny, great cartoon that even adults can enjoy. I knew it. There's a character on, I don't know the character's name, but he's this like big buff bouncer guy. Okay. He's covered in tattoos and he's got two face tattoos. One over his chin that says chin and one over his forehead that says head. And I don't know why, but it's so fucking funny to me. That's funny. I would uh, I would get those as face tattoos. Okay, I get it. <laughs> okay, Andy. Yeah. Second question. And listeners, you know what? Actually, that doesn't make any sense. How are you going to know? Because this isn't pre-recorded. But if you ever have a question, listeners, that you want Andy and I to answer, fucking send it in and we'll talk about it on this segment in the show. Wait, how are you going to set this up? You're like, oh. They can just send in any question. Oh, if you want to ask us questions yeah, just live, like ask us weird as, questions as we're recording this. No, not live. Just because uh, how are they going to know what the yeah, topic is? Yeah. They can just send in general questions about anything. And we'll yeah, answer. yeah. At the end of the show, if you'd rather have us answer your questions, right? Uh, just ask us, right? And we'll answer it on the next taping. We'll tell anything, truth or dare. What's Andy? A malicious spirit is also forcing you to fake a one of your senses, to fake a disability in one of your senses. For a gimmick, and 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 why do you do that? Okay, what what do you pick and why? Yeah, I would pick sense of taste. Really? Uh, yeah. Really, you would pick sense of taste. Yeah, right. Are you insane? Why? I don't know, Andy. You, it's inconsequential. I guess it is fake. How would anybody know that I'm faking it? Okay. Uh, I could, I could also use this as a springboard to make a bunch of tasteless puns. Um, you know, like I joke about being sterile now. Uh, and who's gonna? Who? How could someone disprove me? Jerk you off, and then I'd be like, "Oh, this cum tastes so good. Why did you spoon feed me my own cum?" <laughs> God, <laughs> what is the spirit doing to you? I don't know. This is your scenario. It's <laughs> <laughs> my dream scenario. <laughs> Get, in Get in the van, Andy. We're gonna go do our little handshake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you fake your sense of taste. Yeah, for puns, and. Yeah, I have no better reason to do it. I don't know. It doesn't further your career. It doesn't do anything. I don't know how any uh, how faking any a disability in any sense would would further my career. I think uh, certain ones could. I don't know. If you were like a cook and you didn't have a sense of smell, that would greatly affect your taste. Or uh, I was a. I don't know any uh, deaf or blind improvisers that I know of. There might be some. Yeah, see, I thought about this, Art. I thought about being uh, the the first, like, mute improviser. But I was like, I don't know. It's really mimes. Yeah. And then I thought, well, what if I'm deaf? And I'm like, but what am I going to do? Yeah. You know? Sign. I have to just then only improvise with people who can do ASL. Yeah. Uh, sex location, for right. sure. Cyber. Okay, Andy. Unless you're done. Are you done? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> we can move on. Andy, you have a hot little career. <laughs> I do. Who's your body double? And how do they replace you? Okay. Just like Avril. All right. So uh, my body double is the Kool-Aid man because of our <laughs> s- s- similar body shape. Uh, 
<laughs> so how it happens is I make a cryptic announcement about neck removal surgery. <laughs> uh, people won't exactly know what to expect. So the physical difference won't be so jarring. They'll just think it's part of the surgery. Uh, Kool-Aid man will have to be coached to adjust his behavior to be more like me. Abrasive. And uh, he's, he can still break through walls. I, I wrote it down. Tone it down. Okay. <laughs> That's my advice to the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid man. Kool-Aid man has to tone it down. You have to be me. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, he can still bust through walls and break shit. <laughs> yeah. And scream, oh yeah, and scare children. Make make young children drink from his body fluids. Huh? These are all things that I do. Yeah. But just tone it down a just little. Tone it down a little. Good God. All right. I just said it doesn't matter who fucking replaces me. Just find some schmuck. No one's gonna notice I'm gone. <laughs> no one fucking cares. It's a damn cold night <laughs> Trying to figure out this life Won't you take me by the hand Take me somewhere new I don't know who you are But I I'm with you <laughs> Listeners, we've been with you long enough It's time to fucking pack up and get the fuck out of here Yeah Hey, uh, listeners, as always, I hope you enjoyed our little episode today on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Andy, any last words that you want to share? Anything you want to say? Hey, listeners, thank you. Uh, We've done a few listener-submitted episodes at this point, and they are fantastic. Yeah. We love uh, hearing from you. And we love uh, looking into your conspiracy theories. We love interacting with you guys. We love all the love you've been giving us lately. It helps us. And hey, you know what? More people showing us love, the sooner we might be able to figure out who Mr. Bunker is and get out of this bunker. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Maybe. Anyway, that's all we got today for the titular Mr. Bunker and for my flexuous co-host. Oh, my. Andy Hart. (laughs) Oh, Art's got a boner. I got a boner. I'm Art Stone saying... That was the whole enchilada. See you later, boy. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, 
please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.